wake up, wake up, let us wake up, not just from the Sunday morning exhaustion, from the wish for a few more drowsy minutes in bed. Let us wake up to this world, to this world we live in, to its beauty and wonder, and also its tragedy and pain. Let us, we must wake up to this reality that not all in our world have what we do, however much or little that is. We must wake up to the idea that our wholeness, our lives, are only as complete as the lives of those around us, of those we are inextricably tied to in this great web of mutuality, of which we are all a part. We must stay woke, in the words of our friends and colleagues involved in Black Lives Matter, working every day for for racial justice in our country. Let us wake up, let us stay awake, let us stay woke. And now, in this time and place, let us worship together. Good morning. The Isaac Court team is described for you in this uh, brochure of our social justice activities. It also explains what Isaac is, the Interfaith Social Justice Organizing Network here in Kalamazoo County that our church has been a founding member of. So we have a small but mighty team of people who coordinate people's church involvement in conjunction with our minister in Isaac's general activities and then in the more specific things like the issue task forces. The good thing about our group is we rarely meet and uh, we're pretty efficient by email, but we do need a couple more members to um, help us strengthen our group and um, we would be glad to talk with you. Mary Lewis and I uh, will be here at the lunch today and also on Sunday, March 18th, we'll be putting up the poster to recruit our wonderful people's people to the big Isaac event for the spring fundraiser. There won't be a banquet this year. This year it's going to be this um, beloved community walk run at Spring Valley Park. So we'll have a sign up then. We'll be glad to just answer questions today or then about the core team and hope you might uh, think about joining us. Thanks so much.
world when it feels like there might not be any way out. It can be hard to keep paying attention and being present, to stay woke in the lives, or in the words of the Black Lives Matter movement. When the world breaks our hearts, when we and the people that we love suffer, when the headlines are tragedy after tragedy, war after war, destruction after destruction, when the evil and pain feel so overwhelming and our efforts feel so small. It's hard to do what matters, whether that's the work of justice or getting out of bed in the morning to face another day. We have all been there in these broken-hearted moments. Where do we find our strength? How do we put the pieces of our broken heart back together enough to keep at it? We all have the moments when our heart shatters, when we feel anger, depression, disengagement. In those times when life is hard to bear, we might echo the song that Rainbow Olivia and our teen rock band will play in a few moments and yell, I want to be sedated. And usually those moments pass and we persevere. When our social justice coordinating committee and I started planning this service, they should, said that today should be about the strength we all need to do what must be done. So today we'll be hearing from members of our church community about how they persevere, about where they find meaning and strength in hard times, how they stay woke and unsedated and present to the world as it is, with all of its pain and all of its promise. It is so easy to be overwhelmed. And today we hope we will all leave with some more antidotes to that overwhelm. Encouragement to stay present to the world and persevere to do the hard things that matter. But before we explore how we can feel that overwhelm and act anyway, before awakening, let us take a moment to dwell in the overwhelm. Let us feel the powerlessness that comes from time to time. Drew and I live. 
And by the way, a joke I also gave at a lay service at People's many, many, many years ago about Jewish humor called Fiddlin on the Roof. Some of you may remember that. A group of elderly retired men gather each morning at a cafe in Tel Aviv. They drink their coffee and sit for hours discussing the world's situation. Given the state of the world, their talks are usually depressing. One day, one of the men startles the others by announcing, you know what? I am an optimist. The others are shocked. But then one of them notices something fishy. Wait a minute, if you're an optimist, why do you look so worried? And he replied, you think it's so easy in these troubled times to be an optimist? <laughs> no, it is not easy to be an optimist in these troubled times. To wake up in a world threatened by nuclear disaster, a nation terribly divided by a president who attacks Muslims, jails Hispanics, slurs people of color, harasses women, you all know what I'm describing and experiencing this past year. But I'm proud to say that Unitarians are fighting back, and I have been pleased to learn of your continual social justice work at People's. Mary Tift has shared with us your various efforts to house and care for an immigrant family. What a tangible, helpful project that is. Similarly, out here in Walnut Creek, we have become connected with the Mount Diablo Unitarian Universalist Church, and in particular with their Sanctuary Committee. Last year, the congregation passed a policy to have Mount Diablo become a sanctuary church. This year, the congregation voted to define itself as a physical living site to protect undocumented person, persons from deportation by ICE. Also, we have an undocumented person to, uh, we also, we have an accompaniment team, which at the moment's notice will accompany an undocumented person to the protection offered on the church's property. This committee also assists with bail for those who are unfairly held in jail. There is no question that the commitment to social justice has been a significant part of our involvement at People's Church. Drew and I and our kids joined the church some 45 years ago. That's a long time. We became part of the effort to build a social justice program that has been recognized both in Kalamazoo and in Boston. My memories go far back to such social justice events as the historic congregation meeting when People's Church as a whole took a stand and by vote supported a Kalamazoo City resolution to prohibit discrimination against GLBT folks in housing and employment. I remember also our leadership in bringing Isaac to Kalamazoo, providing opportunities for black and white churches to join together to support social justice programs. I remember the church reaching out and adopting 
and providing mentoring and other support services to Lincoln School, and so on, and so on. That's what Unitarians do. To fight injustice is to be at the heart of Unitarianism. There's no question about it. That's who we are, continuing to work together one, one day at a time. It is what it is. And so I close, Drew and I, as I close, Drew and I send you all a big, warm, long-distance hug. And you know, people will always be our home.
when I'm outdoors, I see uh, something cool or interesting or an animal that I uh, that I don't often get to see. Those sorts of things really give me the energy to keep going in my life. In my work, uh, anti-racism work is what I do. I work for Erase, which is a local nonprofit. I gain a lot of hope from the workshops that we that we offer. When when I'm in a workshop and, and co-facilitating, which is one of the keys to that work, is that I don't ever do it alone, right? I always have a co-facilitator. I always have other folks who are in that work with me. One of the ways that I find hope is in those workshops, I get to watch people's paradigms shift right in front of my eyes, right there uh, in the room, which, which I remember happening to me the first time I was in one of our workshops. And they get, they gain a new lens to see the world with, um, and and they gain an inspiration to to go out and make a difference uh, with regards to racism in the world. And when I see when I see that passing on to other people and sparking in other people, that really gives me hope to keep going. And lastly, one of the things that I do is I I only work half-time, most of the time, uh, sometimes more. And I also live pretty cheaply. Now, there's, there's things that I do, though, that are, there's, there's some realities that, that have impacted that, that have allowed me to do that, because not everyone has that opportunity. I get to work less because of the privilege that I have and the, the generational inheritance of support that I have received from my family, uh, my white family, in order to build the foundation for me to, to be able to live this way. So I surround myself with supportive people, I spend time outside, and I try not to work too much. Thank you.
to nurture and sustain a welcoming, inclusive, and diverse liberal religious community that transforms lives and serves the world. Your support, the free and generous support of each and every member and friend of this community is what fuels our community and its missions. And without your support, the flame of justice, community, and love cannot burn brightly to form ourselves and be a beacon in a world threatened by division and fear. Please give generously.
so many of you love me, feed me, and guide me over my family costs. I'm alone, and I'm not. Upon the death of someone close to Wendy and I some years ago, I asked my friend Mark, who's a minister and chaplain, I said, give me an answer, Mark Tabbitt. What lasts when we die, when this body goes? What lasts? I'm not sure, Don Miller, he replied, but I think what lasts is the way that we care for one another. The way we care for one another. So that's what I'm left with. The bare bones of it, the only thing that makes any sense at this time, care given and care received. May we do our very best to care for ourselves, for one another, this beloved community and for the world. Thank you. Scrabble, practicing ukulele, bowling, or baking 
These are all meditative practices for me. Things where I can focus totally and happily and immerse myself. I also read utopian fiction for inspiration on what I want the world to be. Then I can be more open to learning from whomever and wherever I am. I remind myself to notice details wherever I am, to make eye contact and smile or chat if it's appropriate, especially with folks that are not so much like me. My contacts and my environments become my adventures. I try to notice when I'm nervous and challenge myself to be curious instead. I push myself to go to new places and try new things. I had to be brave to come to WMU as the first college attendant in my family. I had to be brave to come out as lesbian and to find my TLBT culture. I had to be brave to go to China and bring my daughter home. My one of my current braveries is being a substitute teacher. <laughs> um, initially, I have to be brave, but then it also gets to be so fun and expansive and so educational. A few months ago, Sulan and I went to the Charles Wright African American Museum in Detroit. Most of the people there were African American. There were a few whites, and my daughter was the only Asian in the place. The art, music, and history were all wonderful, yet we could have missed it if I wasn't woke as to how anyone and everything can teach me and does affect me and is part of my world. I have to ask myself, do I need to be braver? Do I need to nudge myself out of the safety of familiar people and places? Why should people of color come where I am when I'm afraid to go where they are? Answering these questions is how I stay woke. 